And so I think you can probably build community, but at this point, we don't have people that believe the same things, want to believe the same things, or want to live the same intentional life or live intentional lives that are in harmony with each other. The predominant number of people in our world live in a world where they are the game hero, they are the book hero, they are the movie hero, Mm. and everybody else is an NPC. Welcome to Thriving the Future podcast, where we're finding positive solutions to thrive in the tough times ahead. Coming in January, Ask Me Anything call call with Scott Perpend and Grant Payne who homestead a pain on Instagram and it's ask me anything on homesteading gardening and mindset it's January 12th 2023 at 8 p.m. Central Time you can get more info at thriveinthefuture.com slash events come and join us on the ask me anything call sign up over there on the events page and we'll send you the link to the call so welcome back to thrive in the future so Perpend you're back in town and you're back as a guest this week. So let's talk a little bit about thriving. It's been a year, one year of thriving as of November. So almost 14 months by the time this posts. And we're going to talk about X number of tips to thrive in 2023. You know, we're doing really, really good. Yeah. If I, if I, if I, if I go back to 14 months ago, right. Mm-hmm. Or well, let's just say I overestimated their ability to plandemicus into a mess. <laughs> yeah, I just posted that it's it's now transferred from government to NGOs and corporations. So oh, I, I expected that. I just expected the control mechanisms to be much, much harder, enforced rigid rules and that. And I, I, and I underestimated how much float time there was going to be. How much they would release the pressure around your neck before they do it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is so we gotta we gotta thrive despite any of that use your reprieve well do use your reprieve let, well that's perfect do not let them get you into a false delusional state of oh that was all nothing yeah it's sort of like the meme are you winning son and then uh so instead of that it should be are you thriving son and, well, uh, the, the, the real question is, are you so focused on the fact you're going to thrive and not actually implementing anything? I'm, yeah. I'm kind of watching the weather situation that we have. So this is what, December 22nd, 23rd, right. and this big, terrible storm was coming, right? And bomb it cyclone. Kinda, it's a bomb right, cyclone now. A bomb cyclone, whatever. It, <laughs> shock and awe weather. Um <laughs> <laughs> but but I'm watching, right? They they have all this rhetoric about how bad it's going to be. We're going to have all this snow. And they slowly, slowly start going, well, it's not going to be that cold. Oh, you're not going to get that much snow as we're approaching this, right? Mm-hmm. And right now I am watching Twitter and my homesteader people. They're comparing lows and it's so cold outside and it's so this and it's so that. And it's so, and it's like, you know, there's this disease coming. Millions of people are dying. Everyone's dying. Bodies are stacking in the street. Oh, bodies aren't really stacking in the street, but it's a really bad disease. You got to do this. You got to do this. And people are going, yeah, I got sick. And then I had this symptom, this symptom, this symptom, this, they're the same thing. 
Do the people that were completely going, this is a false narrative. It doesn't make any sense. Are going, Ooh, it's so cold outside. Yeah, they were right. Well, they were wrong, but they were right. Cause it's cold outside. It's yeah. winter people. It is winter. Yeah. I was, I was sharing that uh, in the last episode on holiday was that I was a kid in the late seventies and that was when it was global cooling and there was snow on the ground front in Iowa from November to March and it never melted and the, right. and the lakes and the rivers would freeze and you would snowmobile, snowmobile on them. And they had actual groomed snowmobile tracks along all of the highways. And it was normal. Everybody, lots of people yeah. had a snowmobile, lots of people had a four wheeler. They actually set up snowing Hills with, uh, you know, some of them had hot, hot chocolate houses and that were, you know, run by the city and everything. Um, one of them had a rope that went back up the hill so you could get yourself back up the hill okay. And, you know, I mean, that was the norm. That was winter. Even in Kansas, you know, around here said that's the way it was when they were growing up too. Yeah, there, there was more snow on the ground in those years. But here's my point. All those people that were worried about all the control mechanisms and everything we were going to be facing, you know, back when we started this. Mm-hmm rejected that narrative would have accepted the narrative of this weather thing and when you accept the weather thing the weather narrative that they put out right and then the constantly lessening but you go ahead and play along you set yourself up to play along with the next one mm-hmm. and the next one and the next one and the next one and weather is a really good one to get homesteaders and gardeners and hobby farmers and those people to play along and play along and play along. So when the next big one comes, they're more likely to go along than they are to fight it. Interesting. So how do we break the cycle? I think we break the cycle by just continually staying aware. It's not about thriving against the government. Correct. It's not about thriving against the planners. Hmm. Yeah. We tend to gamify everything. And this is not a game. It's life. Thriving is about seeing the hurdles that are there and navigating them, not about winning. It's about navigating those hurdles in the best possible way for me and you, right? in our context, for our listeners in their context. And we may do those in different ways because different things affect us differently, right? Mm -hmm. But it is not about taking over the world. It is not about a race to the bottom to rebuild to the top. It's not that it's about how likely is it that you are going to lose your job in the next five years? Likely. If you, if you're going to lose your job in the next five years, what are you doing today to make that situation more easy to recover from? Are you keeping your resume updated? Are you doing continuing education stuff? Are you educating in different areas so that you have more options of jobs? Do you have some side hustle that is a true side hustle, just bringing in side income that you're building kind of, you know, a reputation for doing so that you can get that, get those in between times when you do get fired, right? Or you lose your job or you get downsized or the economy takes a dip or you need a little bit extra because, you know, you had three flat tires on a car this morning and, you know, you need $1,000 or whatever to get new tires and, Right. When you're in that situation and you have no options, you're now scrambling and you're surviving. 
But if you plan it, it goes beyond prepping and it gets to, to thriving. Like how many of us really were not too affected by the cold because a, we were prepared, but it wasn't in a, a prepper mindset type of thing. It's set up so that I'm thriving no matter what happens. Prepping is prepping is baby skills for thriving. It's kindergarten. It is preschool. If you're a prepper, you're in preschool. You want to know what thriving looks like for me? I left most of my stuff in Kansas City, came to Topeka before this storm was even being talked about, but I am not cold because I packed my alpaca wool socks because I always pack a pair of alpaca wool socks, spring, fall, and winter. I pack a light pair in summer. Mm -hmm. They're really, really good at keeping your feet warm. They breathe well. You can wear them a couple of days without them really just becoming toxic, right? Mm-hmm. Because of the fibers are made of. I have a hoodie. I have a coat. I have my uh, alpaca wool mittens and the um, pair of liner gloves for those. And then I have my heavy duty winter gloves. Those are all in my bag. And it got cold and I'm not cold because I have those, right? I can sure. put on my hoodie in the house. I can put on my hoodie and then my coat when I go outside. It is a way of living life. Mm-hmm. I, ha- I have a short sleeve shirt. I have a long sleeve shirt. I can put on the short sleeve shirt, the long sleeve shirt, and the hoodie, right? I mean, it's a layering system. When you're living with that layering system, instead of having, I have this layering system in the, in the tote up here. And if the world ends and the government goes away and I've got to rebuild the government, I go grab my tote of layered clothes, right? Right. That's prepping. Driving is implementing that into your daily life. So you just do it. Mm-hmm. It's there. So this is interesting that I would like to talk about. So there are some of our followers and our friends that are homesteaders that were almost horrified that you had given up the homestead life to move to the city. So maybe prepping is the kindergarten skills for thriving. Homesteading is the elementary school. I really like your um, worldview versus mindset. Right. So prepping is preschool for skills over stuff. Mm -hmm. Homesteading is a mindset of how to thrive. In homesteading, you are deciding, I am going to be the major producer of my food. I am going to have a source of farm as um, side hustle. Right. Right. And that's one side hustle. It's not I sell eggs and I sell firewood. That is a farm side hustle. Mm Mm-hmm. I sell extra chickens. I sell eggs. I sell that is all farm related. Your side hustle is farming. Right. That food source and that side hustle allow you to work less hours at a job for cash Mm -hmm. or digital currency backed by central banks. That is a mindset. That is how you are approaching the hurdle of I need food, shelter, and uh, community, right? That is how you've decided to solve it. By moving to the city, I have changed how I can't have the, the farm side hustle, right? I could do some backyard birds and sell some eggs, but it's not a farm hustle because I don't have trees to cut for firewood. I don't have, right? I, I, I have cut out. Right. For my own reasons, I have decided the hurdle of getting through life the homestead is a hindrance, not a benefit. Mm-hmm. So I need to adopt a different mindset 
to get around the hurdles and to get where I am going in life. Well, plus thriving, at least for you, is deeper than the prepping, is deeper than the homesteading, is deeper than the food, right? So it's more of a holistic view of thriving that includes both that and the community and the spirituality. Let's enter Perpen's mind. This is a very dangerous place. So, um, you know, (laughs) prepare yourselves, hold on to your hat. This is going to be bumpy because no one really wants to live here in my mind, right? (laughs) The matrix. Here we go. The first thing, when you enter the world and you have all the blurry light fading, changing stuff going on and you're starting to get focused, you come to the following things. I know there is a God. Period. End of story. Not debate. Not discussed. Two. My purpose in life is to seek out truth, how the world works, and God. And those are all related, right? That is my worldview. That is what I am going to do. I am going to pursue truth and live in harmony with reality as much as possible. Mm -hmm. I am very deficient in the skills to do that, right? Which is funny because I think you are the, the most proficient in some of that. Compared to being more proficient than a preschooler or a kindergartner just means I can (laughs) steal candy from babies. It doesn't mean that I'm good. (laughs) Being more proficient than a kindergartner. That's awesome. Right? I mean, that doesn't make you a saint. Mm -hmm. It makes you more proficient than a kindergartner. To reposition, to pursue those skills, which has a longer time horizon than any homesteader, permaculture person, or political activist they're looking five ten a hundred a thousand years down the road i'm admitting that i know very few mortals we are all immortal and i am going to spend the most amount of my immortal time in a positive way and that affects everything i do people say life is long i would say life is short then you die and then you're immortal and you should limit the suffering you can in that small amount of time. And that doesn't mean you eliminate suffering because that is part of life. Um, but you can stop hurting yourself. And in a lot of ways, a political focus with the next four years is hurting yourself. Short term, here before you plant your body, right? That is toxic to you Mm -hmm. in many, many ways. It isn't in harmony with truth. A political agenda is about winning at checkers while the whole world is playing Monopoly. (laughs) Right? I mean, you're playing kindergarten games in a world. You're being distracted. You are seeking the emotional, mental excitement high. Right. That Monopoly is a good example there because it's played with funny money, which is what's going on behind the scenes anyway. Right. But you're playing, you're trying to play checkers, pretending you're playing chess when they're all playing Monopoly in politics Mm -hmm. and 
at our level of people, the people we know in our acquaintance, you don't matter in politics. Right. Yeah, you're not even sitting at the Monopoly board playing with them. You are over in the corner at the kids' table playing checkers. You're fetching the chips and the beer. <laughs> that's great. Right? I mean, that, that that's that's where you're at. You're fetching the chips and the beer. Yep. And it's your job to swallow the narrative about what they tell you what's going on in the game. Mm-hmm. And if you reject their narrative as being reality, your life changes. Sure. If you are prepping to be able to become one of the Monopoly players in the new game, you were just buying their narrative about how the world works. Right. Now, there are parts of that narrative that are true because while that is not the ultimate reality, you still do need a house or some form of shelter. You still need food and you have to use their currency inside their little rules that they are cooperating with to get the things you need. You know, I bring you the beer and you give me a few chips or I bring you the chips and you give me a cookie, right? You have to play that game, but you don't have to be solely wrapped up inside that game. Mm -hmm. Preppers are completely wrapped up in that game that the world is going to collapse back to these prehistoric paleo times. And I get to rebuild civilization and I get to be the one that designs the new monopoly board. Or I get to do it. I'm things are going to go wrong and I'm going to be okay through it. And, and or I'm going to have the most beers and chips to bring to the guys because they reset up the board <laughs> yeah, the because my stores are deeper than yours. <laughs> so I look at thriving one year later as I am balancing my life towards even more skills than stuff based stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. I am getting rid of the homestead stuff. I'm getting right. rid of some of those tools so that I can go acquire skills and I'm going to acquire skills that meet that longer time horizon of immortality. Yeah. I was talking with a guy who does Bitcoin trading, but we started talking about stuff and, and he said, so are you, are you trading? And I said, for the most part, I'm not trading. We're at, we're at the bottom. I mean, I, every trade should have a specific purpose and hodling is not a purpose. But what I'm spending my money on right now is skills. What I'm spending my time on is skills. Developing those income streams as a side hustle, but most of all, developing the skills. There's no income stream on thriving yet, you know, but there's tons and tons of skills developed. That's exactly right. You know, one of the things we were talking about this morning on uh, the Homestead Journal board was the fact that the skill cult guy said that he had developed some red fleshed apples. This is really interesting. He didn't do it by saving seed and then growing them out for five years and then trying again. He hand pollinated from two different trees, then put a mesh bag around the branch. So when you get pollinated by a bunch more and then also when you get insect damage and then you taste the apples And if they have the kind of look and feel and taste and consistency, and he was going for red fleshed apples that taste a certain way, then he would save those and then grow those out into seed to propagate and see whether, you know, he could get it to take 
into further generations, but you cut five whole years out of your process by doing this, by just hand pollinating the apples and then tasting the apples and seeing what they taste like. I'd call that a professional breeding program. Right. Exactly. You know, that is not what most people are doing. True. Everybody's focusing on grafting or, you know, there are some people that are planting seeds and then they wait five years, they wait six years, whatever it takes until it comes up and then they taste the apples and see if they work. And then, oh, well, you know, they're only 1% of the apples work. Well, you know, that's, that's not necessarily the case. Maybe only 1% are shelf stable for the market. At the same time, you can cut five years out of it just by in one season, hand pollinating. Yes, an apple sorry. produces an apple. Right. Are apples good? Yeah. Okay. So we're going to have something that's good. You can live your life just like that. I saved apples from, I save seeds from every apple I buy. I save seeds from every apple I find in the woods. I plant mm-hmm. those seeds. I get trees and I am going to hope I get lucky and get a world-renowned variety that I can sell for a bunch of money, or I get the best apple and I get to have the best applesauce ever, right? Right. Or you can be like this other guy and say, well, we know that this genetic thing with this genetic thing creates a red-fleshed apple. I intend to have a red-fleshed apple, so I am going to cross these two trees, keep the flower from being messed with by the insects, take the seeds from those apples and plant them and see if I can get those. And when I find the red fleshed one, I'm going to cut everything else down and I'm going to grow those, or I'm going to save that for the next thing. That is an intentional life. Sure. Mm -hmm. The fact that most people just want to throw seeds out and see what they get proves they're not living an intentional life. They have no intention for their life. They are counting on getting lucky or the providence of the universe or that the universe always goes towards good. Well, that's not an intentional life. It's not thriving. It can be a lot of fun. So mm-hmm. if, you're, if your goal is to have an adventure and just see where you go, you can take that approach with apples, right? But it's also a mindset. And this is where the mindset comes in. So not only is he hand pollinating and that gets you out of that cycle of, oh, I got to graft some in here and hope they fit, or I got to grow it out for five years. It's also taken it to the next step where say, you know, so I've planted seeds from apples that I got at the store or I got down at the fruit stand. So I knew they weren't sprayed. I knew they weren't all this other stuff. I planted those and then I culled them for the ones that came up and they were, you know, they had disease problems. I have real bad cedar apple rust. So I could grow those out. But the mindset is this, is not shooting for the red delicious apple that's perfect, that's self-shelf stable and market ready, but also how can I use this for applesauce with this one? You know, this apple that came up, this apple that came up is high in tannins. It's, it's tart and everything else. And instead of saying up, well, that's a failure. I cut that down. Then you say, Hey, I can blend this with this other one and, and, and get some primo applesauce, or I can use this for cider. That's the mindset change where it's not the commercial version, and you're not looking to specifically make money off of it, it enriches your life. And it also adds to other things which enrich your life. So, you know, I've got red delicious apples. They're kind of bland. I mean, you know, they're not too much different than the store, except they don't get big and huge and perfect like the store because I don't spray them, right? But 
If I turn them into applesauce, they're too sweet. If I turn them into cider, they're too bland. I can take these other apples and mix them in. And then I would have a better cider, a better applesauce. So your intention in life is to not waste time mm-hmm. and to have a better over, better overall apple experience in your life on a small scale. And you implemented a way to get you there by right. having apples that are not disease, that are disease resistant. And that is the trait that you're bringing for. That's living an intentional life. Right. That is not, I am going to put in X varieties of apples, or I'm just going to see what happens and count all my success on that. Right. Mm-hmm. This is thriving one year later is we still have people that don't understand the mindset shift to me. Community is essential okay, to so thriving in the future. Right? So let's talk a little bit about, about community, what we've learned in the last year about community and our tips around that. The big, 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 big thing is it really hit me that I was working too hard. At what? Because creating, creating community. community. Mm-hmm. Right. Because community takes a culture, right? Right. And at this point, I'm not sure you can create culture for several reasons, but here's the thing. I can reinvent the wheel or you can look for community and join communities that have been around for thousands of years. There are those traditions that span across multiple cultures as well, right? Here I am trying to reinvent the wheel. There's no way in my short, at best, 100 years of life, right? I'm going to be able to replicate thousands of years of building that tradition. I am beating my head against the wall because I am buying this narrative of collapse now and rebuild civilization in your lifetime or set the groundwork so that your children or grandchildren can do it. It's the same as that narrative about the weather or the virus. It is a narrative we've been sold to distract us. And so I think you can probably build community, but at this point, we don't have people that believe the same things, want to believe the same things, or want to live the same intentional life or live intentional lives that are in harmony with each other. The predominant number of people in our world live in a world where they are the game hero, they are the book hero. They are the movie hero Hmm. and everybody else is an NPC. Yeah. There's a lot of people that repeat this. It, it, I think somebody meant it as a joke at one point, maybe. And now it's repeated as, of course we live in the simulation. And of course, if everybody is an NPC, except me. Right. Everybody's an NPC except me. And in my world, when I interact with an NPC, that creates multiple universes inside your little world game world as you're interacting with me as an NPC and in different realities, we combine and in one of them, we combine and do these things. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This theory is schizophrenic. Yeah. I, I also think it's not a theory. I think it's a religion. Ooh. Serious. I, I think it's a religion. Oh, I, I fully agree. I'm not. Yeah. 
it is completely, completely, completely a religion. It is a belief system. Mm-hmm. It is a world view. Because I really like uh, John here's um, Why Are We Talking About Rabbits? Yeah. Talks about religion as a re-ligament that hold your world together. Yeah. And you have a religion, you have a religion, whether you know it or not. So, you know, those people that are immediately saying in their mind or out loud, I don't have a religion. What are you talking about? You know, you have a religion, whether you know it or not. Definitely. You you have one because you have a worldview. You have a framework, a narrative, a thing that you are applying to the events of your life to make it make sense to you. Mm Mm-hmm. I want that to be as in harmony as possible with reality. And at this point in my journey, I can't do that from the homestead. So having a religion, whether you know it or not, but then denying that it's a religion is, as you said, schizophrenic, but also it's not fully embodying even that religion. So denying that you have a religion is not really schizophrenic. It's delusional. <laughs> okay. Schiz- schizophrenic is not knowing what is reality. Yeah. And yeah. disassociating reality. So I am an MP- I am in this game and everyone that I interact with is an NPC. Mm-hmm. That's starting schizophrenia. But at the point that everyone is also a hero in their game and all the people they're interacting with are NPCs and whatever actions we choose ends up being a neither universe with, you know, the spin out of actions that ends up that is schizophrenic because there is no way to determine what is real. Mm-hmm. If you don't think you have a religion or a worldview, you are delusional and unable to ask questions about what is going on in reality and therefore unable to change your life, live a life of intention and adjust to what is really real. And that is causing the suffering in a lot of ways that I want to quit causing myself. Mm -hmm. Because when you don't live in reality, you do some really, really stupid stuff. This is why some people are on severe levels of illegal and legal chemical substances. Because they hurt so bad they need relief from the hurt from not living in reality. So one of your tips then is to join an already solid community rather than rebuilding from scratch. Yeah. I was just going to say, yeah, you have to have community and who you're around affects things. So you need people that have the same worldview as you. Yes. Mm -hmm. One of my lessons learned over the last year is to focus more on the individual relationships rather than the group. So everybody sets up a group. Great. You have a telegram group. Great. How many times do you actually build those individual relationships? And yeah, this is, this is something I need to work on in the next year is. Are are they more like family and neighbors or are they NPCs in your game to get you hearts and likes on Twitter? Ouch. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So 
And it's then, a recovering mindset, right? It, that is part of learning to live. If you if you're just after the likes on Twitter, you're not living in har- harmony with reality. Mm-hmm. When you're building that relationship past the likes on Twitter, you are living more and more in tune with the reality because reality is about relationship to each other yeah. and to things. Sure. And sometimes we're lost in the group and then not cherishing or building those individual relationships. I would say that one of my tips is that you need discipline in technical life. So we no longer really have a separation between the online world and the quote unquote real world, right? Mm -hmm. What happens online is a part of your life. It is a part of the real world. I've always thought that. But there is a difference between the relationship I have with you. If I've only talked to you on Zoom and Twitter Right. Versus if we've been in person mm-hmm. and to have that face-to-face relationship requires discipline in tech life. Right. You have to be able to sit in a room and not have your phone in front of your face, scrolling it during the conversation in the face-to-face interaction, because that steps and puts a wedge between you and the person you're with. And it becomes really, really clear that you care more about the likes on Twitter than you do about the conversation. In this relationship, this relationship doesn't matter other than I get to take a picture of us at this cool restaurant, drinking these cool drinks and get likes and hearts on Twitter. Well, even, yeah, even so I mean, it, it, it goes larger than that, you know, use Instagram or Twitter rather than having it use you. So, and, so, and, so, so uh, you do that by doing like, I put my phone into a black and white mode mm-hmm. because it doesn't feed the play- pleasure centers the same way. So right. I'm not as addicted, right? There's a tip. I turned on the colors the other day and I couldn't look at my phone. I don't know if you can remember back in the day when you'd like stand close to the television and you'd see the red, the green and blue dots, right. That make all the colors, Mm -hmm. the yellow ones or whatever. You could see the dots, the closer you got. Hmm. Well, my whole screen was like that held out in front of my face. I could see those little dots and the color. And my brain was flipping back and forth between the individual dots and the color. And it made me sick. I mean, right. you know, my stomach started to go, oh my, like on roller coaster or something. So I turned back in black and white mode. There, there is a dopamine hit thing there that we do not understand. Mm-hmm. And get on there with an intention. It's just like what I said about trading, right? If you're right. going to trade, you have to have a purpose, you have to have a plan, and you have to have an exit strategy. You need to do exactly the same thing when you use social media, because otherwise you'll be sucked in. You'll be liking and you'll be commenting on stupid things that you shouldn't have to. Hotep Jesus just came out with a thing yesterday that says if you are posting all the time or you are liking all the time, you are not using social media correctly. You are not a leader on social media. You're just one of the you're one of the drones. Here's something to go right with that. You need to learn how to properly engage with bots mm. and with trolls. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he had that in there too. Right, but but I'm going to add bots to that. You need to learn to be able to have a conversation with a bot. How do you do that? So I do this all the time. Um, So like I will get spammer messages, right? Text Mm -hmm. messages. I get them on Telegram. I get them all over, right? Sure. I do not engage with that as it is spam all the time. Mm -hmm. Some of it... Is completely spam and there's not a point. But some of them people, they will play that, you know, oh, hi, how are you? Can we meet up, right? Hmm. Instead of treating that as what it is, 
treat that as, oh, this is a person and I'm going to engage this person. And don't follow them to their whatever the new platform is for uh, OnlyFans, right? You don't follow them off all that <laughs> stuff, right? The point is to get definitely. them to engage with you as a real person. Yeah, definitely. Not as a customer, follow. not as in a client. And don't go off to OnlyFans, don't go off to whatever, right? You know what OnlyFans is, aren't don't you? Yes, I know what OnlyFans is. <laughs> yes. Most yeah, of them are starting there, right? But we if don't you need have, to go over there. <laughs> right. But you can go. So how are the kids? Act like you know them. They've acted like they know you. <laughs> Draw them into a real conversation. Now, you'll find out two things. One, some of those are people. And some of them are bots. <laughs> That's great. And when you can learn to spot the difference... Your interactions on social media are going to be completely different. <laughs> I can also tell you that after years of doing this, when a new version of the bot comes out, I get targeted. <laughs> because I challenge the bot. So why shouldn't I, you just ignore it? Because I need to be able to know a bot from a real person online because online and real life are not separate. Hmm. I have seen multiple revisions of the same bot. They are getting better. They are learning. Sure. They are programming them better. But because I have that, I can spot quicker when it's a person, when it's a bot. Right. And I'm not going to tell you how to do it. You have to develop that skill on your own. But in a world where we have things like heaven banning happening, yeah, so we'll give a give a background on what heaven banning is in case. Okay, so heard. so we're we're going full on into the delusion that people want to go into. People want to go into this world where everybody they interact with is an NPC, mm-hmm. and the tech elite guys have gone. You know what? That's an idea. We can give them a bunch of NPCs to interact with. Yep. So and when bots. somebody right, they're bots. They're they're programs. They're an artificial intelligence program. And they will basically turn all your followers into them and block you from interacting with real people. Yeah. So you think put you in the video game you want to be in. Yeah. So you think you're interacting on Twitter and what you really, they put you, it's like shadow banning except to the extreme. So they put you in a bubble. You think you're interacting with your friends. You think you're interacting with others and there's chats and there's likes and everything going on, but no one ever sees it. And you were interacting with a bunch of bots and they keep you sequestered in your own little heaven banning ghetto. And you don't know the difference. Right. Right. Instead of, instead of canceling you. Right. They are locking you into a prison that they are calling heaven. And you will think it's heaven because (laughs) you are getting more hearts, likes and followers than you could ever imagine who are engaging with you and saying, I agree with you on this, but they're also going to be using yeah, oh, that's it. They're going to be using neurolinguistic programming. They're going to be using um, hypnotic suggestion and things like that right. to start directing and pushing you into the cookie cutter factory they want you to go into. Heaven banning is really the next re-education platform for the masses so that you fall in line with the next plan. Hmm. 
but also so that you're so much less trouble to deal with. And instead of kicking you off, they'll still keep you on there so you can train their AI and so that they can still get marketing information from you. Right? They're going to train the AI, but the AI is going to start diagnosing you and adjusting your ADD meds. Ooh, boom. Okay. Well, let's just in your that. antidepressants. Yeah. Let's save that for that next episode on how far you would go. Cause that's. <laughs> yes. How Mr. Far would you... <laughs> right. right. Um, so, so you need to learn to have the proper response to trolls and to bots and learn to know the difference. Right. Block and them. Part right. of that is controlling you and your tech habits. Mm, yeah. Good. Um, I, I, my, my big, big, big tip going into 2023 is start limiting your options. Don't stop seeing the options, but start limiting them. Like which the, options? All of them. Basically, <laughs> chaos is defined as options with no path. Could be, yeah. right? Yeah, so that fits into the intentional life. You know, both from a social media standpoint, if you are using your time and you're getting sucked into it, that limits your options. Go we, ahead. We, we, we can go back to the Apple example, right? If you want an adventure, plant seeds. If you want marketable apples, buy pre-grafted two to three-year-old trees because mm-hmm. you're going to have apples to go to market soon. If you want to experiment, you know, just grow seeds. If you want to develop a certain variety, follow a proper breeding program. Mm. Choose that. Don't do all of them. Right now, all of those are an option for you. Choose one and limit the options in your apple growing. Mm-hmm. Then go to your social media and limit your social media. Go to your living arrangements, your room, your clothes. Limit your options everywhere you can. The more options you limit, the more focused you become. The more focused you become, the less distracted you are. And the less your mind is jumping around and you will be happier and you will have less chaos in your life. Continue to see that those options are there. But we're only going to act on certain ones. Summarizing the tips for a community join an already solid community rather than build, rebuilding from scratch. Focus more on individual relationships rather than groups. Discipline in your tech life, including, you know, perhaps put your phone in black and white mode. Mm-hmm. How to handle bots and spammers and then heaven banning. And part of it comes from start limiting your options. Yeah. Side hustles, multiple streams of income. Are you living in harmony with reality and truth? Thank you for listening to the Thrive in the Future podcast. If you like what you hear, click that subscribe or follow button in your favorite podcast app. Check us out at thriveinthefuture.com and also follow us on social media at Thrive in the Future on Twitter and at Thrive in the Future on Instagram. And come and join our Telegram community by going to signup.thrivingthefuture.com. There's entry form there. It will send you an email with the Telegram community link. Next time on Thrive in the Future podcast. Next time on Thrive in the Future podcast, 
talking about, so you want to go with solar, basically a solar workshop put on by my friend Steve. That's next time on Thriving the Future podcast. Let me tell you about GrowNutTrees.com. So I forage local chestnuts here in Northeast Kansas. I sell them as untreated seeds that can be planted, and I still have lots of seeds left. I also have one-year seedlings, which are 10 to 18 inches tall, and these are adapted to Northeast Kansas. One of the challenges with chestnuts, if they come from the Pacific Northwest or the Northeast, they just don't do well in Kansas. So these are adapted to Northeast Kansas and to the Midwest. And now elderberry cuttings and comfrey crowns and root cuttings are now available. With elderberry cuttings, it's basically you take a stick, you poke it into the ground, put some mulch around it, and it will grow elderberry right there. That's at GrowNutTrees.com.